Hi everyone, my name is Mare Verk and welcome to Life on the Farm. Welcome back everyone to another week at Life on the Farm. We are on week three. It means I am halfway there. I have three weeks under my belt for my hospital operations rotation and I am so excited to share with you all what I was up to the last week of my life. I got a lot more experience working with a pharmacist, got to write my first notes in Epic which I was so stoked about, got some free food which never hurts and then I also got the opportunity to present my two projects as a part of my midpoint presentation. So I'll be going over all of that and more throughout this podcast so definitely listen along if that sounds interesting to you and really quickly like I always do and I don't know if people care about this but basically today's title talking about appies are no joke I mean I feel like it speaks for itself but the underlying part of that we'll get into a little bit more as I talk about my week because we definitely had some funny moments there will definitely be some joke telling going on so if you find it really hard to contain your laughter I totally don't blame you But yeah, I just wanted to give a little bit of insight into what it was all about. And without further ado, let's go ahead and start with my Monday. So we are now on day 11 of my rotations. It is July 13th and I was on the M shift with the pharmacist. I worked from 0600 to 1200 and it wasn't the entire shift because later that afternoon we had an appy conference with the Sacramento cohort. So I ended up getting out a little bit early so that I could go home and call into that zoom conference and so when i got in that morning there was actually a problem first of all with doxycycline orders and so doxycycline comes in mini bags but there was currently a stocking issue with that particular product and so we had to go through to see if patients could be switched to oral formulation or if the order was already discontinued because a lot of times that could be the case as well as you go into epic you look at the mar and you look at the last time it was dispensed and sometimes you can see that the doctor dc'd the order or that the patient is no longer receiving it or if cultures come back that's another thing that happens and so page uh not patients Physicians will go ahead and switch antibiotics based off the susceptibilities if the microbiology is back in. So all things to take in consideration. And so, again, because this is hospital operations, it was a really great opportunity to see the way that they mitigate certain issues within the hospital that aren't necessarily clinical, but have to do with, like in this case, a stock situation. So we took care of that early in the morning. I went through and checked on all of those. From there, I went through the first floor Vanco orders and all of the different lab monitoring. So I checked on those patients and actually had the opportunity to write my first vancomycin note, which I was so, so stoked to do. Obviously, I had a co-signer because I am clearly not a PharmD, but nonetheless, having the opportunity to put that in was really fun. And I just get jazzed about the most simple things. So that's just going to be a theme throughout this whole podcast. But still, again... On my own, got to figure out what dosing I wanted to do using the protocol, uh, made sure to put in the lab orders and sign everything off. That basically took us up until nine o'clock is when we normally have our morning huddle. And so I actually got to tell the huddle joke. And so again, like I mentioned, there will be joke telling throughout this episode. So this is the first one, brace yourself. And it's going to be really awkward saying it because I'm clearly not talking to anybody and it's a knock knock joke. But just like use your imagination and like imagine I'm telling it to a group of people who were very receptive and definitely responded back. So it goes knock knock. Other people would say who's there. I say HIPAA. 
They say HIPAA who? And I say, sorry, I can't tell you that. It's okay. You can laugh for a little bit. But yeah, it's a really great opportunity, again, just to kind of boost morale, meet everyone, because I'm still meeting people who I haven't met before. And so introducing myself after that gem of a joke, you know, people tend to like you a little better. But yeah, basically what happens at the huddle is we talk about any communication between the night shift and the morning shifts, anything having to do with pharmacist communication, stock issues, um, any sort of COVID updates, making sure that the cleaning log is filled out. Basically, it's a way for us to touch base once in the morning before dispersing and doing all of our own individual tasks. From there, I ended up working on the IV to PO report, which if you listen to last week's podcast, I had the opportunity to work on for the first time. And just as a quick refresher, this is a report that populates all of the IV drugs to be considered to be switched to oral formulations. And so, of course, having done this previously, I was now much faster at it. So that worked out really well. It's great just again to get that repetition. It's super invaluable and it's something that sure you could do it in the classroom setting, but when it's real life and you're doing it in the moment, I feel like it sticks with you a lot better. I then moved on to the Meds Without Labs report. And what this report is all about are the medications that currently don't have the therapeutic drug monitoring ordered for them for their drug levels, or if they require serum creatinine levels, those also haven't been drawn. So drugs that fall under this category include carbamazepine, valproate, digoxin, phenobarbital, and then anoxaparin. And so I was able to actually write all the progress notes for that and put in the lab orders, which was also a really great experience. And the great thing about it is that it allows me the opportunity to use Lexicomp in order to look up all of the monitoring parameters, the normal dosing, and then go ahead and put that into Epic with my progress notes like I've already mentioned. So overall, a really great experience allows me to use my resources to think critically while also being able to use patient-specific indicators to make my decisions. Oftentimes, patients are never tracked for these things, so it's great being able to get updated labs for them. And then from there, that basically took me to noon. Um, We were obviously talking throughout that whole time about other things going on, certain patient cases, which was great, but kind of a short day. And so from there, I was able to call into our wellness conference for that day. And our wellness one centered around basically building our resilience as healthcare providers. And this particular one had to do with challenging our core beliefs and talking about how we've had a challenging experience in our rotations, how we handled it, and then how we felt about the whole situation. And with these specific conferences, we have homework that is due beforehand. And so we use Tau Connect and we do these modules that take us through all these different breathing exercises and opportunities to reflect on experiences in the past. So again, really great opportunity just to slow down for a second and check in with ourselves. Plus other classmates share their experiences. So it's nice to know that people are in the same boat or that other people are feeling the same way as you. So Yeah, just something that goes on and it's a part of the Appy experience that has really nothing to do with your rotation per se, but I think it's important, again, if you're in this field and trying to always take care of others to remember to check in with yourself and make sure that you're also doing okay because it's hard giving to others when you have nothing yourself. So I will always preach that. I think it's so valuable and I'm glad that that's something that is emphasized. But yeah, basically after that, my Monday was over and we move on to Tuesday. 
Alrighty, we are on day 12. Like I said, it's a Tuesday, July 14th. I am on the B shift with the technician from 0600 to 1430. But funny story, the technician called out that day and I got to cover the shift all by myself. So if you're ever doing a task or anything like that, make sure that you're paying attention. Make sure that you understand what's going on. Not to say that one day you'll be the one to fill a tech spot, but you never know what's going to happen. And so you always want to be prepared. And luckily I've been on this shift once before, so I was familiar with it. And so it wasn't too hard for me to step in and make sure that everything got taken care of. So the first thing I started with were the oral syringes. I've mentioned these before, basically the same thing, pretty quick with it now. So that was awesome being able to just get through those and have those checked off. I then had to help change the clocks because all of the clocks in the pharmacy were off. And so one clock was behind by an hour, one clock had stopped ticking, and the other clock would tick but then stop and then tick again. And the thing is, they're very high up on the wall. And I actually happen to be the tallest person in the pharmacy, if you can believe it. So with that great blessing, the genetic blessing I have of being five foot ten, I was the one who had to pull all the clocks off the wall. And from there, we realized that none of the batteries were actually dead. They're all just run on satellite. And so the computer they're hooked up to was dead. And then I had to put all of the clocks back up on the wall. So you know what? You can be useful in so many ways that you may not even be aware of just yet, but always keep an open mind because you never know when you might need to grab a clock off a wall. But after that took a little bit of time, I helped to receive the order as I've done before. So basically what happens is that the two technicians who sit in the receiving room call over the PA system, which is also super cool. The inpatient pharmacy has a PA system. So anytime somebody calls, uh, whoever answers is able to call overhead and say that someone's holding on a certain line so that's awesome you don't have to go find the person and track anybody down you can get the message out a lot quicker and same thing with receiving the order once it comes in the technician calls over the overhead system and a pharmacist has to go and check off the entire order and of course they pay specific attention and particular attention to the narcotics as those have to be fully accounted for everything's important to take count of but that's the one that takes the longest to count and then from there unpacked all of the boxes as I've done before brought it into the pharmacy and started placing them into the carousel yet again and honestly I feel like the most time consuming part from that is breaking down the boxes as well as unpackaging all of the medications that come um, in large numbers so there's like 25 packs of sterile water or you have um, unit doses of levothyroxine that come in a box and so you want to get rid of all that extra packaging so you can rubber band 100 up at a time and put it into the smaller pocket in the carousel itself. So again, not anything super complicated, but you want to make sure that you're also placing the correct count into the carousel that the order is showing you on the screen itself. So let's say you have an order for 200 that comes in with the shipment if the screen is only telling you 100 you only place in 100 and then when you scan the second set of 100 it'll show up as a different line item so all things to just be super aware of there might be some details that you want to pay extra attention to because I know at least at this pharmacy the order is very specific and they keep a very close count of everything then from there, I filled any of the stat orders or loads that dropped in. So if there's anything that's emergent and needs to be filled immediately, it pops up on the screen and I'm able to switch to the pick screen instead of the restock screen. And then any loads that drop in, again, 
basically the same situation. They're just the ones that are going to go into the Pixis machine. And so being able to help with that makes things go along a lot faster. And then something new that I started doing on Tuesday was having my lunch outside. And I never really mentioned my lunches on here because they kind of just happen during the day. I eat the same thing. And I've been sitting in the break room, but we have construction going on. And so it's a lot smaller now due to like this plastic being put up. Plus with everything going on with COVID and all of that, it's important to maintain distance. And when you're eating, you can't have your mask on. So I started going outside because what's really great is that they have this walkway and not too many people walk through it and they set up tables so that personnel could go outside, eat without their mask on, but also not be near anyone. So it's been really great having the opportunity to go get some fresh air, kind of feel the sun on my skin a little bit because I've mentioned before, I believe I freeze in hospitals. Like no matter what is like what hospital I've been to, I am always cold. No matter how warm it is outside, I freeze. And so it's great to like warm up for a little bit and then come back inside and then, you know, get cold again. But a little reprieve is nice. Once I came back, I just kept filling because like I've said before, there is always something that needs to be filled in a pharmacy. More packages came in and so I went ahead and took care of those. We get packages from all sorts of different manufacturers and distributors for different products. So they come at different times throughout the day. And then when I went back to go ahead and gather all the card cardboard, which is something that I just started to do um, on this ship in particular, is I usually leave the cardboard, but I decide, it takes like an extra five seconds to load it onto the cart and take it to the cardboard disposal. And so I just started doing that for them to make their lives a little bit easier. Again, if you can, try to find ways to expedite processes and make yourself even more useful. And I actually ended up having a really great conversation with the head tech about um, new beyond use dates. So that still are compliant with USP 797. So everything that has a beyond use date set currently is due to testing that was done. But if you want to go ahead and expand that or push out those dates further, you have to keep doing testing. And there's this whole long process that she went into about it. But I thought that was really interesting to learn about because again you never really get any sort of IV room experience in pharmacy school uh, you talk about what certain drugs can be put into one every now and then but just talking about the specifics and the regulations and maintaining compliance I think is so valuable and again a conversation that kind of just happened on a whim so really great having the chance to talk with her and I also found out that I 100% cleared all of my auger plates and my broth solution bag. So I am Ivy Room certified and that's really exciting. I was kind of nervous about it just because it took so long to do and 20 needle changes is so much room for error. So I'm really glad that that worked out. Very exciting. And then after that, I met with my preceptor to go over my presentation. So we finalized what aspects of my project that were important to highlight because I would be presenting on Friday. And I was off on Friday at three, so we scheduled it for right after that. And then she also wanted to do a dry run with me on Thursday, just in case I had any questions or if she heard that I left anything out, she wanted to make sure that I included it. So we just kind of sat, had a small chat together and from there I went home and basically started working up my presentation and for me specifically the way I like to do things is I already had the material that I was going to include on my handout basically I, there's a little bit of an adjustment that I did make and from there when I go ahead and I prepare a speech 
or if I'm going to give a presentation, I'm one of those people who has to like type out what I want to say, basic, basically to a T what I want to include. And I never take it up with me. I never use it in the actual speech itself, but I find it so beneficial for me at least to have all of it written out so I can read through it and I just get more and more familiar with it as I run through it so I did that the night of for the two different aspects of my presentation because I talked about the two projects that I had the opportunity to work on which were my large volume electrolyte containing product inventory med safety situation and then the formulary request that I had to submit so that's basically what I did Tuesday and then from there, we move on to Wednesday. We are now on day 13 of my rotations. It is July 15th, Wednesday. I am on the A shift with the pharmacist again, and I work from 0630 to 1500. Oh, just kidding. This is a technician shift. See, the letters overlap sometimes too, so every now and then I get slightly confused between the two, especially because I put them in my notes without writing it down. Maybe I should specify. But the first thing that happens is we pull the narcotics and so all of the controls are in a giant locked cabinet and it's basically like a giant Pixis machine so the door pops open when you want to pull what you're looking for. Um, really great just being able to do that and super important to make sure the count is on point. And then once we have the pharmacist check those off, we go take those for delivery. We don't wait for the morning rounds, we go and immediately drop those off. When I came back, I helped out at the carousel yet again. In case you're wondering, it's week three. I'm still not sick of it. I still find it so freaking cool. And then from there, we actually packed up everything we needed for our rounds. And so our rounds include the ICU. So this institution has two new ICUs, which are really, really nice, and as well as two new ERs. And so they're all a part of this new building. And they're really fun to go to just because everything's brand new and the doors are really fancy. And yeah, they're just cool to be in. We also went to the SRI, which is the rehab institution, postpartum, labor and delivery, the NICU, and the nursery. And today was such a cool day because I got to see my first newborn baby, which was so great, so, so cute. One of the benefits of delivering to the NICU and the nursery, obviously, but oh my God, cutest baby ever. So much hair on its head. I don't know. I was literally in awe. Just such small, such small beings, but so, so cute. I was so glad that I had the opportunity to see a newborn. And then after we did all of that, which took quite a while, obviously, that's a lot of different departments, not to mention the rehab institution is actually located in a completely different building, like way out of the way. And so we have to walk all the way over there and all the way back, obviously, not to mention for each of the departments, they have a different number of med rooms. And so the way that it generally works is that if you have uh, A, B, C, and D, let's say in telemetry, A and B have their own med room and then C and D have their own med room. And that's the way that it basically works. The number of med rooms and the number of different nursing stations varies. But yeah, so for each one of those departments, there are one to two med rooms depending. And then from there, I took my first break, which I only mention in this case because I had the opportunity to talk to one of the pharmacists who works there. And we had a really great conversation about residency and the importance of finding a place that fits you as much as you fit them. And I think it was just a really great refresher to remind yourself that your experience is yours. And so you should find an environment that you can thrive in and a residency director that you click with and you think you can work well with 
obviously I haven't gone through this experience on my own, but she offered me really great insight. And I just wanted to share because I think it's really great having these conversations just out of the blue and taking that advice and adding it to all of the other advice you're going to get, obviously. But yeah, just making connections when you can and never shy away from having a conversation maybe with somebody you haven't had a chance to connect with because now she and I are really cool and it works out really well. So glad that I had that conversation. After my break, I just helped the other shifts with filling. If they needed anything, I was there. I always try to step in whenever I can, especially if my particular shift has downtime, because even though my shift is good, there are others that aren't, and I really value being a team player and helping out. So just something, that if you're ever wondering, again, how you can kind of stand out and be a little bit different, see if you can help other people. Never be afraid to walk up to somebody and say, did you need help with something? Or if you notice something that usually gets done, take the initiative to go ahead and take care of it yourself. After that, I had lunch, which again, got to sit outside, which is really nice. And even though it's super hot where I'm at right now, it's like 90s to almost 100. It's been kind of nice when I take my lunches kind of early in the day, though. So like on this particular shift, I take it before noon. So that works out really well. I just really enjoy it. it's a fresh air. And then after that, came back, helped to fill more oral syringes for the afternoon rounds, and then did a whole another set of deliveries again to the med floor, surgery, and telemetry. And then I actually had a really, really great experience. So I've mentioned before that I've worked at this institution, and I was 19 at the time when I did a meds to bed delivery service. And so at 19 years old, I had just become a tech like three months prior and I was the only one going around and checking which patients wanted to get their discharge medications from the independent pharmacy that I worked for. And I used to have to communicate with the nurses in order to go into their records and change their primary pharmacy to the one that I was working at. So over time, I mean, I worked full time that summer. You can imagine you start to get to notice people or recognize their faces and you become friends with them and you talk with them and I was only 19 at the time mind you and so everyone else is like a full-blown adult like they're nurses so they're definitely older than me and so I definitely got to know a couple of them but I only did it that one summer because the program phased out afterwards and so I'm 24 now so it's been five years and at the time I had only finished my first year of undergrad but as we were doing our second set of rounds for the day on the med floor, I walked by the clinical manager, which is basically the nurse manager office, and I thought I recognized her, but like we kept walking, except that the technician I was with that day stopped, and she started talking to her, and I read the name on the door, and I realized I knew the nurse manager, and we end up having a conversation, all three of us, but I didn't say anything at the time because I wasn't sure if she remembered me, so we go to the med room unload all the medications and I tell the tech I'm with I'm like I think I know that nurse from like years ago did she just become the manager she's like oh it happened like two-ish years ago she's like I thought I recognized you too from way back when so that's happened a lot too just like out of the blue which is kind of cool in its own way and pseudo like a full circle effect the fact that I literally was a technician I wanted to do pharmacy back then and now here I am literally in my last year of pharmacy school on rotations at the same hospital so my technician was like, 
or not my technician, but the technician I was with was like, oh, we totally have to tell her. So we go back and I was like, hi, I don't know if you remember me, but I used to work here a long time ago. And she's like, I thought I recognized you. You look so familiar. And she's like, I couldn't put my finger on it, but I'm so glad you came back and said something. So we talked for a little while and that was awesome. And something I think I've learned a lot throughout this rotation already about myself that is, is that I not only value direct patient care and having the opportunity to work in a team with other people, is I also like that when you're in a hospital, you're able to run into people that you know, you're able to have a conversation with somebody you may have met once, but you're all kind of in the same space and you get more familiar with one another. And so I think it's also really great just to have these random conversations I feel like I've been having a lot of random conversations, but again, you never know what's going to come of it. And I feel like that's just as exciting as anything else that you could do clinically or with people or whatever. So again, so glad that I went back to talk to her and that we had the chance to catch up because it's not every day that you run into somebody you haven't seen in five years and you both have leveled up in your life, which I thought was also really, really cool. After that, I actually went to the tech meeting. So the technicians have a monthly meeting and I wasn't required to stay for it. My shift was over before that, but I actually decided to stay because I thought it would be really great to get some insight into the types of things that they address in their meetings, situations that they bring up, problems that they try to solve just to get a better idea. When it comes to operations, it's important to understand things at every level. And so although it wasn't having to do with the pharmacist or any clinical knowledge. It had to do with all the other aspects of it. And so I think it's important to get that insight because it's a real world experience and something you don't get in the classroom. And so seeing how they went about addressing all of those things, I thought was really great. Not to mention, it gives you an insight into how leadership functions, how they address all of the people that they're in charge of, what those meetings are structured and what they look like. Because something I definitely think I want to maybe get into later on is moving up into an administrative position, perhaps. And so it's great being able to witness this leadership, being able to perhaps emulate it down the line. But again, just taking any and every opportunity to get as much exposure as possible while I'm in the pharmacy. And I went home again and I practiced my presentation again for like the 8,000th time because being in quarantine, I was so concerned that I would come out of it being completely unable to speak form a full sentence in front of a group of people because I hadn't spoken in public in so long. And so I was definitely a little bit more nervous about this than I usually get, but that's okay because these are unprecedented times. These things happen, but that basically wrapped up the rest of my Wednesday. We are now at Thursday. It's day 14 of my rotations. It's July 16th and I'm on the A shift with the pharmacist. See, okay, this was the pharmacist one. The tech one was yesterday and I was at work or rotations. I'm not really sure what to call it. Yeah, I don't really know what people call it. I guess they call it rotations from 0730 to 1800 because this was a pharmacist shift. It was 10 hours. And so when I got in, the first thing we did was help decorate for the baby showers. So one of the pharmacists is due in the next month or so, I believe. And so my height came in handy once again to hang things from the ceiling. So glad I could be of assistance. It was super cute. It was like elephant themed and she's having a girl. So there was pink everywhere. And it was nice because the plastic put up for construction complemented everything. So that worked out really well too. And then from there, 
we worked on verifying orders for the first floor. So I mentioned before I was on a different shift and they verify the second and third floor orders. So this time I got an opportunity to take a look at all of the different types of medication requests that are put in from the other departments. And so again, getting that repetition, seeing things over and over again, getting more familiar with things. Another thing that this shift is in charge of is taking note of any of the codes that get called out. So in the case that there is like a code gray, which it means that there is a combative person, this shift is the one that is responsible for taking a note of it and submitting that it was heard within the department. I believe every department has to submit that they heard it. And so this just happens to be the task for this shift. From there, we actually responded to a peds trauma. It's always tough when it has to do with kids, but another opportunity just to see the way that things function in the trauma bay. And that took a little bit of time. I learned a lot about how pediatrics are handled in the emergency room and what to do in certain situations and then what things go into an RSI kit, which I found to be really insightful because we don't talk about intubation much or anything like that. But the biggest takeaway is to sedate the patient before giving them any neuromuscular blockers because you definitely don't want the patient to be awake when they're unable to move. And that's because when you do the intubation, the body is going to try and fight back. So you want to make sure that the patient is calm. From then we went to do the reports that populated and so I again got to do the meds without labs report. Had gotten much better at it, got to write my notes again, definitely a little bit faster. Like I said, just getting that practice in makes it easier because you're used to it and you have the opportunity to try your hand at it already. After that, that took us to lunch basically. We got Makunis for lunch and so if you're from the Sacramento area, it's the sushi place, super popular. A drug rep was actually coming to do a presentation and so they offered to get lunch and so they got Makunis and I got the beef and gyoza bento box which was A1, highly recommend. And then because one of the pharmacists had her baby shower that day, um, one of the managers brought in nothing bunt cakes for everyone. So again, another staple in the Sacramento area and had an amazing lunch outside. Honestly, prime moment amazing day overall already. And then once I came back from that, basically in my food coma, I got to work up more of the Vanco patients because most of their labs had been set for the afternoon. So they weren't needed to be looked into in the morning. Got to type up more notes again, just getting better with every single note I put in, even though I'm co-signed, but it's okay. Making moves. And then from there, I actually got to learn about the process of wasting narcotics so anytime a patient brings in their own medications, they have to be held for a certain amount of time if they aren't claimed upon the patient being discharged just in case they come back for them. And in the case of narcotics, they have to be wasted in a very specific way. They have to be witnessed. And so someone has to sign off that they saw someone else get rid of them. And it makes sense considering you don't want all that kind of stuff just floating out and about. And I actually got to count for the first time I realized in a very long time, I think like two years now, on a counting tray by fives, like pouring everything out. And I like suddenly don't know how to hold a spatula. My hand's super awkward. It was just like a mess. And I was sitting there having the hardest time doing it. And I was like, I cannot believe that I ever used to be like, oh, this is easy. Because I'm suddenly using a lot of brain power to do something I used to do by like muscle memory. But that was a really humbling experience. Remind me of my roots. 
And then from there, we went over how to submit the controlled orders called CSOS orders. And so again, like I said, the narcotics are particularly important. And so making sure that it's logged that they were received is a part of this shift as well. The other thing that we did since it was Thursday is we went over my midpoint evaluation. And so something that we do during every rotation is you have your midpoint eval as well as your final eval. And then you have your midpoint presentation as well as a final presentation. And so we decided to do my midpoint eval this day because I was actually working with my preceptor. And so we were already going to be together so why not take care of it then instead of on Friday and basically what it is is you go through all of these different criteria that are on e-value which is the site that UCSF uses to submit all of their surveys and whatnot and you go through the night before so that's something I actually didn't mention from Wednesday is that Wednesday night I went through and I marked where I felt I fell on every single criteria and it ranges from I trust this student to supervise others to do this task and then I think on the other end of the spectrum is I trust the student to be observed while doing this task. Basically it's a spectrum and you mark where you think you fall along that spectrum and then you have that conversation with your uh, preceptor later on and then you submit it together. So that took us about an hour. We were just talking about a lot of things and also just talking about what we wanted to accomplish. Well not we but what I wanted to accomplish over the next three weeks and so a really great opportunity again also just to check in with her because again as I've mentioned we don't see each other every day and so having the chance to spend the day together and kind of just again reset where we're both at was an awesome opportunity again super important to communicate and so we went through each together and then at the end there are three questions she has to give specific answers to and so we filled that out so that I could go ahead and submit the eval. So really great. It gave us uh, basically a launching point as far as how we want to proceed over the next three weeks to get the most out of it which I was really grateful for and already have put into works ways that we can do more how we can expand my learning, just being able to look further into different disease states and that I'm getting the most out of this rotation as possible. And not that I felt like I wasn't getting it before, but there is so much to do and there's so much opportunity, but it's also about balancing it with just getting the chance to see what the pharmacists are doing. And also at the same time, there are so many different opportunities to do projects and to present and to share your ideas. And so I definitely wanted to capitalize on that. And we had that conversation. And so we'll be touching base next week to go further into what I can do to participate. So I think that's going to be awesome. Perhaps I think I'm doing an in-service so I can touch upon that when the time comes. And this was Thursday night, so it's the night before my presentation, so I was, again, doing it for the one millionth time, running through this 10-minute speech because your girl was afraid she was going to suddenly forget how to speak in front of everyone, but yeah, that was an interesting time. And then this was actually when I made my handout, so I mentioned earlier that I had most of the information for it, and so... For the large volume products that I talked about, I basically included an itemized sheet uh, list on the first side of the sheet and on the second side of the sheet I put my formulary request and people like pictures or at least that's what my preceptor told me for this presentation so I included some graphics I included the cost analysis as well as my recommendation 
And then I included a cute little joke on the bottom. So once again, for the last time, this episode at least, brace yourself for the funniest joke you will hear. I don't know which one I like better between the two that I've shared, but I'll go ahead and share my second one so that you all can be the judge of that. And it's basically a gingerbread man. Oh, I forgot. Not that I forgot, but it's so funny having to describe what the picture is because you're listening to me. You literally can't see what's happening, but it's a gingerbread man sitting on the examination table with the doctor and the doctor says, sore knee, huh? Have you tried icing it? Get it? Icing it? And basically my formulary request was for a pain patch, but when you look up pain patch comics, nothing really comes up. So I had to stick with pain and this is what I got. And as you can tell, jokes play a vital role in this pharmacy. So I was happy to contribute to that. And that basically wrapped up my Thursday, just making sure that I printed enough for everyone. So I checked with her to see how many people she thought would be able to make it. And she said about 15. So I printed 15 and I made it front and back so I could save a little bit of paper. I printed it in color because I was trying to be fancy. But again, I don't really think it matters too, too much. And that was basically the way that I wrapped up my Thursday. Alrighty, and we are now on Friday. It's day 15 of my rotation. It's July 17th. It is officially the halfway point. And I was on the A shift with the technicians, same shift as I was on Wednesday. And I was there from 0630 to 1500. And so it started just like my Wednesday. I pulled the narcotics and we delivered them. And of course that takes a little bit of time just because we have to make it to the different departments. Not to mention you have to wait for the pharmacist to check everything off. We then headed on our rounds for the morning. So it was all those different departments I mentioned earlier, the ICU, the EDs, the Rehab Institute, all of those different places running around dropping things off. And then after that, I came back and helped fill with all of the other orders that needed to get done. So again, just helping out whenever possible. I know I say it so, so often and it sounds maybe a little bit monotonous, but I promise every day there's always something new going on and different things that need to be taken care of. And that also includes with not only filling, but helping if there are any other stat orders, running them to wherever they need to go in the hospital. Common occurrences of that are in the OR when they're waiting for some certain pre-op medications. Um, other things are like what you can't tube. So albumin, um, because it contains human products, hazardous products, you also can't tube. Altaplace, you couldn't tube before because certain medications, when they get shaken in the tubing system, it inactivates them or it makes them less efficacious. So something to consider. Luckily, there is a list by the tube machine about what can and can't go through it in case there's ever any question. And then there's also the fact with like Humalog, fun fact, they are unable to tube it more than once. So once it's been tubed, if it ever makes it back to the pharmacy unopened and needs to be dispensed back out again, if it has a T on the cap it can only be hand delivered so all just things to take into consideration and take note of after that I helped with more deliveries and so again going throughout the hospital dropping more off and this time we were helping another shift just because they were really overwhelmed with what was going on so we just took care of that and went and did it ourselves because we had time then we had lunch and then after that I got to work the pre-pack station by myself so I briefly mentioned it before, but whenever the pharmacy gets any sort of stock bottle of a medication, let's say like Herbisartan or 
trying to think what else do we package on Friday, gabapentin, things like that, that come in a stock bottle itself that aren't individually packed. There's a machine called the Euclid that you're able to feed these individual capsules or tablets into, and it packs them into individual little um, plastic pockets with the generic name, the brand name, the lot number, as well as the manufacturer and the NDC under the barcode. So it's a really great way to make these unit doses inside the pharmacy itself. And so I got to run the machine. It's super old, by the way. Everyone wants a new machine, but sometimes you just got to make do with what you have. And the way that it works is that you go onto the computer that's hooked up to this machine and you make adjustments to the printout that will end up on the back of the pouch. And from there, you log it into a book as well because you have to link the lot number from the bottle to a different lot number. And in case you're wondering why it's important to do any of this, especially with the lot numbers, is that in the case that there's a recall, you want to be able to identify which medications need to be pulled and brought back in because recalls are very important. And if you have the Board of Pharmacy emailed, you see how many different things get recalled on a daily basis. So very important. After that, you have to have somebody double check that that is all put in correctly because oftentimes there can be mistakes and the Board of Pharmacy has auditors come in and they look for little things like spelling mistakes or the wrong quantity written down or a lot number is missing. All of these different nuances, it's like their eyes are trained to spot them and they see them, they always do. And so it's important that it, everything is accurate and spelled correctly. It was really funny. One time at school, I remember somebody asked, do we get points off for spelling things wrong? And I get it. I do, definitely. But also, yeah, I think it helps with pronunciation, knowing how to spell it, because then you can sound out every letter and every part of it. So yeah, once that happens, you have a pre-check. So either a pharmacist or a senior technician can come and double check that everything's put in correctly. And then after that, you use what I described as, you know, those old phones where you turn the dial. Is it a dial phone? It might be called that. Forgive me. But you basically place a capsule or a tablet into each one of those individual holes and it rotates through and drops it into the pouch as it falls through. So you just have to make sure you're on top of it. You don't miss any of those individual spots and that nothing pops out or shoots out at you, which apparently happens. I was packaging... Um, one of the, it was Bactrim double strength. And the technician was like, yeah, so those tablets are a little bit bigger, which if you look at them, they're kind of big. And sometimes the opening into the pockets when it's dropped in, it gets caught. And so it shoots out and she's like, so watch, like cover your face. And I was like, oh my God, are you joking? <laughs> so that was interesting. Luckily it never happened, but she's like, yeah, it happens every now and then. So you just want to make sure you're being careful because it could really hit you in the eye. And I was like, I can't believe this is happening. But once that went through, we cut all of them because it pops out in a huge long line of them. You cut it up by fives and you rubber band 20 packs of those for a count of a hundred. And once that happens, we did it for like six other drugs. You place them into a bucket with the empty um, original stock bottle. That way it can be checked off by a pharmacist to then be loaded onto the carousel. So really interesting situation. I would never have thought about doing that. I don't know what I thought happened instead, 
but again, a really great opportunity, hands-on experience to use equipment that I would never have used otherwise, especially because this thing is very old. Uh, it has a lot of issues, and so the computer crashed once, the labels got twisted at one point, so we were having a really good time. It was Friday though, you know, so everyone's feeling good, doing good, didn't really matter, but it was quite <laughs> the instrument to handle for the first time. And then from there, I basically had just my presentation left. And so although I was on a technician shift, I still brought my white coat to wear just because I thought it would elevate the professionalism. I'm not sure, but I'm glad that I did it. And so I had my handouts and I actually did my presentation in the back room, the work room where all of the pharmacists have their desks set up. And I was able to pass out all of my handouts and then everyone kind of just gathered generally. And I gave my presentation. And like I mentioned, I was kind of nervous at first, but a part of me also is very excited getting the opportunity to do these types of things. And I actually really do enjoy public speaking. It was just that I hadn't done it for quite a while at that point. And as soon as I started, it just, it felt so right. I knew I had this down. There was nothing to worry about. And I gave my presentation. And something that I noticed throughout and something that gets brought up a lot when you do your OSCEs at UCSF, which are your performance-based assessments, whenever you go back in to get your feedback, because once you've done your acting portion with your counseling session, you go back in and you talk about things that you think you could have done better, and they give you feedback back to you as well. And something that I always get and I'm always aware of, and I always try to fix but never seems to work is how fast I talk and so some people are like oh yeah it's totally fine for me I don't really mind it because after the first time I always mention it as something that I want to be better at and I usually I feel like in public speaking tend to do the same thing but I've realized that with this podcast I have definitely been able to slow down my rate because if I talk too quickly I lose my enunciation and then the mic doesn't pick it up and then there's really nothing being said so I thought that that was something really cool that I had developed during quarantine, maybe more so than me thinking I had lost some of my abilities. I'd actually gotten a little bit better at doing it. And so it felt like it flowed a lot better. And yeah, overall, really great opportunity. Got asked some questions at the end, which is always an interesting experience, but definitely a worthwhile one because it checks your knowledge, checks if you did your research, because I did mention a couple studies. So making sure you understand the details and the nuance, because I only share a certain aspect of it, not everything. But yeah, it was really great. Everyone was really kind afterwards and really complimentary. And it was just a really high note to end the week on in general. And it felt good just being able to get that out of the way so that I can move on and keep working on other things as well as basically prepping for now my final project since I already have it. But again, overall, a really great experience. And I'm glad I had the opportunity to share with everyone. And also, side note, it gave me the chance to meet all the pharmacists because even on that day, there was a new pharmacist I still hadn't met. So we had the chance to get acquainted and hopefully I made a great first impression. I then was on my way home, stopped by the bathroom on my way out, snapped a quick pic in my white coat because I was super hyped. And shout out to the nurse who walked in, even though this is the most remote bathroom in the entire place and I've literally never seen anybody there. But that's besides the point. She was very nice about the whole thing and then I got to speed walk to my car. And that was basically how I wrapped up my Friday. Of course, I got chicken nuggets for dinner because who would I be if I didn't? And that wraps up my third week of my rotations.
And with that, we have made it to the weekend. It looks like most of my other weekends, which include laundry, uh, this podcast being recorded. I also worked on my draft for my final project because my preceptor requested a draft for Tuesday. That way the infectious disease pharmacist can take a look at it and give her input since there's a little bit of her work involved in that. And I also wanted to finish up reviewing my antibiotics. So I took a look at a few of the ones that were a lot more popular last week that I kept seeing in the verification queue, but now I wanted to wrap up and really solidify in my head and my long-term memory all of these flower diagrams. All exciting things, if you couldn't tell already. But before I go ahead and wrap up and let you all go, I just wanted to say thank you so, so much from the bottom of my heart to all of you who have reached out and sent me kind words and support and just all of your different thoughts and views on this podcast. It means the world to me. I never expected to meet so many people virtually, of course, because of this. And so it's been a really great opportunity to expand my pharmacy network and community, especially in this time when we really can't see each other or other people in person. So I just wanted to say thank you so much. It makes it a lot more fun for me to share my experiences knowing that others are enjoying them as well. So thank you so much again to everybody who takes the time to listen to this podcast. It means the world to me. I hope you and your loved ones are staying safe and healthy and you all are wearing a mask because this too shall pass, but you gotta wear a mask. Again, can't say it enough. Thank you so, so much from the bottom of my heart. And I will talk to you all soon. Bye.